Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products, boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? My guest today is Josh Hendricks. Josh founded the Kentucky Hemp Industries. He is the treasurer of the Kentucky Hemp Industries Council. He created Hendricks Hemp a licensed hemp producer that manages hemp cultivation on his family's Mayflower farm in Mount Sterling, Kentucky. Josh was appointed to the Technical Advisory Board for the National Hemp Association and accepted a role on the Senior Advisory Board of the Institute Trading Platform for Hemp, CCX. He also serves as a director of business development, working with universities, farmers, businesses, and organizations to help facilitate the infrastructure necessary to establish the modern domestic supply chain for hemp in the United States. So, Josh, I want to welcome you to the iHemp Revolution. Yeah, thanks, Coach Freddie. Uh, super excited to be here. I've actually um, I've become really uh, into podcasts because of local sports radio show that I can't ever get to live puts their stuff on podcasts and so I found yours and you're you're on my on my feed. Well that's great. I'm glad you you did pass the word on to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So Josh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, okay? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's a that's a long bio there. But um yeah I'm, I've obviously got my a bunch of different hats. Um I was fascinated with hemp uh, in college when I read Gatewood Galbraith's book, The Last Free Man in America, and uh, reached out to some of the original Kentucky hempsters, uh, Joe Hickey and Andy Graves and those guys, and they kind of told me their story, and Craig Lee from the 90s when Woody Harrelson planted the seed, and you know, they, they said, look, this is just, we tried, and then there was, we couldn't get the legislation passed, so you know, I, I graduated from college and moved to South Carolina, never thought about it again, um, until I was living in Virginia, um, about f- six years after college and hemp came back up in the news because, uh, commissioner Comer started pushing Senate bill 50 here in Kentucky. And so I immediately, you know, kind of saw it as a sign and got started a Twitter account and, um, started reaching out to people. I actually got involved in Virginia with the Virginia industrial hemp, uh, coalition. Uh, those are great guys. They're doing great work. Um, and, but as soon as the farm bill passed in February of 2014, I put in my notice at work and moved home to pursue a career in hemp. I started that summer by forming the Kentucky Hemp Industries Association, which is the state chapter of the national or the HIA Hemp Industry Association. And um, through that and just through my general personality basically networked as much as I could around the state and the country and really internationally um, and kind of tried to fill everything out. I got a permit last year uh, to grow. I worked with a lady out of New York named Tatiana Gildersleeve who has started a company called Treadway White which is looking to produce environmentally friendly textiles, horse bedding, uh, a lot of the stuff with the fiber. 
Um, being a small farmer, uh, Mayflower Farm, which you mentioned, is my grandfather's 100-acre farm, and it was his grandfather's before him. And uh, It'll be mine one day, uh, hopefully not too soon. But um, he allows me to farm hemp out there, and we have cattle as well. But uh, I worked with her last year, and like I said, being a small farmer, uh, fiber might not be the most profitable uh, way to go for me. Um, and she being a, a second-tier company, uh, in terms of when she receives the hemp, there's a step in between the farm and her, obviously. Um, so she's really looking more for a source such as Sunstrand here in Louisville or uh, someone along those lines. But uh, got to grow hemp last year. Very cool experience. Uh, had some, you know, some surreal moments driving to the farm, realizing that you know I just planted some seed that was from Europe and hadn't a lot of you know only a handful of people consider not a handful but only. 100 people or so could say they had done it at the time and it was just very cool um through that got to got to go uh continue networking with people and really um make a lot of connections connecting a lot of dots for different people and uh accepted a role this past fall with cv science as their director of business development for domestic production so now my job is to um figure out how we can source all of our materials from the U.S. I'm obviously based here in Kentucky because of the culture here with hemp and the political climate and what have you. Uh, we just think that it's probably the, the most advanced state when it comes to hemp uh, in terms of an agricultural commodity. Um, so, yeah, and but, but not limited to Kentucky by any means. Uh, I have a lot of contacts throughout the country, Colorado, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, South Carolina, Indiana, uh, definitely um, places we're looking to source with because you know it's, it's all about domestic sourcing now at this point for us we have products on the market and um, we have a, a business model that works we just don't want to have to import the hemp anymore so that's where we're going with things and that's where my focus is now I'll still I'll be growing for CB sciences this year along with three other farmers from around the state and uh, we obviously support the university research very heavily here at UK and Murray State and we're going to do a little bit of work with Kentucky State this year. So we're really excited about 2016 and uh, just, just happy to happy the sun's come out in Kentucky and we're ready to get going here. Well, that's that's super. How many acres did you plant last year? Uh, I ended up planting about five okay. and uh, only harvesting about two. Uh, we had a, okay. some seed delays last year and a real wet season. And uh, it was a, it was a hard go. I'll put it that way. <laughs> So what did you do with the uh, the three acres that you didn't harvest? What happened to that? Uh, it was just so weedy, we uh, plowed it under. Okay. The The other two acres, we harvested some with a sickle bar, some by hand. We dried some in the barn. We redded some in the field. Um, we just did a bunch of stuff, really what I call playing with it. And that's essentially what they did in Colorado, too. You know, they planted a bunch of it, and they, they, they experimented. You know, and mm -hmm. seeing seeing what worked with it, and yeah, right, right, yeah, we're still we're still figuring it out. That's for sure. Yeah, and and how many acres do you plan on planting this year? Uh, so all four farms are licensed for ten acres. Um, we're going to do a different some different varieties, and in Kentucky, uh, with so many different people growing, actually, my neighbors um, are growing in close proximity. So we're working with them on. Um, you know, making sure we don't mess up, you know, cross pollination and all that good stuff. So we haven't uh figured out the exact acreage yet but all of that hemp is you know being grown for the purpose of harvesting for cbd and working with one of the kentucky processors uh, yet to be determined um to get it extracted um 
and then it would go to our lab, our labs for uh, to be put into our products. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're working with for the CBD. Are you doing anything for seed? Uh, no, we are not, and I'm not personally either. Um, there's a there's a good a couple good groups here in Kentucky working on that, and they are way. Uh, in terms, you're, ta- you're talking about seed propagation, mm-hmm. um, way more advanced in that field than I or uh, any of the farmers we're working with at this point. Um, but our, you know, our our theory is we want to work with farmers that are farmers that that have been farming in Kentucky for years, and because their farmers are very innovative people. Oh yes, um, we want to work with established farmers and be able to add this to their farm. They're not gonna they're not gonna have a hemp farm like the, one of our farms is a thoroughbred farm, famous thoroughbred farm for that matter, Stone Farm. Okay, and um, but they're a traditional uh, farm. They have cattle, horses, hay. Um, they've recently done as much as four hundred acres of soybeans, and they don't want to do soy anymore. So. Um, being able to add hemp into a rotation like that uh, is is something we're very interested in. The farmer we're working with in eastern Kentucky um, in the bottomlands would be a little bit different, obviously. In Kentucky, there's three farming regions. Uh, okay. Western Kentucky very is very flat. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a farm in Murray, and we work with Murray State in that area. Uh, Central Kentucky is kind of rolling hills. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the horse farm in Paris and with stone farm in Paris and then Mayflower farm Mount Sterling, which are uh, seven miles from each other. Um, and then UK as well. And, and I guess Kentucky state too in Frankfurt, but we're just providing some seed varieties to them. And then, um, the guys in Eastern Kentucky, like I said, they're also, uh, we're donating some seed to them. They're going to be growing on the strip mines again this year. And just to see what kind of soil remediation that can do. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're really just trying to help facilitate uh, domestic production. That's not our business in terms of CV sciences. But me as a small farmer, um, I would like to add that to my farm, which is more of a gentleman farm with cattle, hay, and uh, hemp. Mm-hmm. Now. And um, so it was just a win-win for, for me and for them. And um, I think the more we can further uh, good, solid domestic production and domestic processing, first-tier processing, um, obviously, the better it's going to be for our products. So that's uh, that's kind of what we're looking at this year and where we're trying to go with things. Here we are in Kentucky. How do you see the industry uh, growing in Kentucky here in the next, let's say, one year or two years from now? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, we had you know, 30 acres in 2014, 900-plus um, acres in 2015, and they've approved 4,600 acres for this year. Um, I would estimate, uh, you know, if we have a really good year weather-wise and no seed issues, there'll still be some, you know, nobody's going to plant ever their absolute mass- maximum. So I'd say if we got to 3,500 or 4,000 acres this year, that would be a, a steady growth in terms of production. Mm-hmm. Um, the key here, and I, I, I'm not, I don't know uh, in the future, because the key is, of those 4,000 acres, how many get harvested and how many are, are viable acres? Um, because if that number's 3,500 of the 4,000, then the jump could be to 10 or 20,000 acres. But if it's 2,000 of the 4,000, um, it might just be a you know another couple thousand acre jump, right? So mm-hmm. that number is, is, is heavily reliant on really a, a handful or a dozen um major processors in the state and uh, as a as a company that already makes hemp products with cv sciences we want those processors to succeed so that we can have a, 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 a source for our materials so 
Um, we're obviously rooting for that number to jump to twenty and 50,000 over the next couple of years, but we'll have to see how the, um, the research goes in terms of harvestability. How do you see the, the hemp changing our culture in the near future? Yeah, you know, I get asked that a lot, and um, the, the answer I give is that hemp has already changed the culture um, on the West Coast. Um, if you look at, if you think about hemp in the, in the Northeast, really, it hasn't really made it to the mid, Midwest or the South. Um, people in Kentucky love hemp. They think it's cool. They think it's amazing that we're, you know, doing something good for the farmer and that we have such rich ha- history in it, but they don't buy any hemp products here in Kentucky. I mean, I do, but the, the, the average person doesn't. So something we want to focus on is, uh, educating people about the health benefits, the, um, both for the food and the oil and the, and then the sustainability factor of the fiber and for the earth. Um, I think to answer your question, I mean, I think the overall benefit would be greater than, uh, people realize if they knew more about it. So that's why we have associations like the, the HIA and the NHA and people like that would doing great work, educating people. Hendrix hemp is the that's your company also that you're running the Mayflower Farms with, right? Yeah, so I formed Hendrix Hemp uh, with the, originally with the idea uh, that it would be similar to a tobacco warehouse. Okay. Um, working with local farmers to make sure they had a place to sell their hemp. Uh, and, and companies like Sunstrand and Green Remedy and places where you visited and here in Kentucky that mm-hmm. um, need material to process. So... Hendrix Hemp really became, you know, I was the only, Mayflower Farm is the only client of Hendrix Hemp at this point, but uh, in the future, there could be a, a, a group of farmers from my area that all kind of work with Hendrix Hemp and CB Sciences and potentially other others um, that aren't CBD related, so. What do you see next on the line as far as uh, the market? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like CBD because I actually use it. Um, I have mm-hmm. hip, I have hip problems, but I think, uh, I mean, I think the food industry is obviously proven to be uh, productive so far, and we don't even produce any of it. When you look at the number, the retail numbers, that's there's a market, obviously a big market there. Um, body, body and skin care uh, has a big, uh, is a big industry. Um, the horse bedding industry is humongous compared to what people would think. Uh, between Florida and Kentucky and New York and California, it's in Texas, it's insane. Um, but the but the real the real industry that I see taking off and and being a stronghold would be the raw fi- the fiber industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what Trey Riddle's doing with Sunstrand is is ama- is amazing, and being able to put it in airplanes and uh, cars and or the overhead luggage cont- compartments in airplanes and car door panels and bathtubs and things like that, um, I think is going to be something you see as industries start shifting to sustainable materials. Talking about sustainable materials, what about the building and the hemp homes that are coming up in the tiny houses? And and how do you see that in Kentucky? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, um, I'm super interested in it. My, my grandfather's farm, I'm, I'm actually... I've got a design, and uh, I've priced some material through uh, Sunstrand to potentially build a hemp house for myself on the farm. 
And um, it started off as a, an idea between myself and some guys in Lexington. There's a group on the it's no, the area of towns called North Limestone, and they wanted they're buying up shotgun houses and redoing them. They wanted to do one out of hemp because that's the neighborhood where historically all of the hemp in Kentucky was processed. Not all of it, but the majority of the hemp in Kentucky was processed. There were rope walks. There was uh, factories there that made the sails for the ships and things like that right in that neighborhood. So tying into that history, um, we've had some issues getting permitting from the city. And the price, you know, obviously the pricing is a little bit more than the structures they're currently putting up in the shotgun houses. So funding and permits have become an issue, which shifted focus. I, I joked with them that I, I wanted to be the second hemp house in Kentucky. Um, but now I guess it's looking like I might try to be the first. So I'm extremely interested. The, um, the issue is for me, I guess, in terms of that being becoming an industry would be, it is limited to that niche market currently because it is such hands-on work and, uh, trying to get contractors and builders, um, to understand the value in it and where they can make their money in the grand scheme of things is where I would see difficulty. Um, but obviously I'm rooting for it and, uh, hopefully I'll have a hemp house with some herd, hemp herd from Mayflower farm in the next, I don't know, 18 months, two oh, years. Super. Well, I'll be right behind you or maybe in front of you. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I'm going to have a hemp house. Uh, that's, that's for sure. And it's going to be a tiny hemp house. So how big is your, your hemp house going to be? It'd be a 500 square feet. It's kind of modeled after a, a rectangle loft design. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a guest house, I guess you would say. Well, mine's going to be smaller than that. It's going to be uh, probably 275, 80 square feet, with uh, including the loft. So, oh well. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a 14 by 14. Yeah, so this is like a pool house. I'm actually hoping to put a pool in with it <laughs> if, uh, if things go well, I guess. Yeah, well, that's good. My first choice would be into uh, Colorado and, and then someplace on the East Coast, maybe have another one. I mean, if you build small ones, I mean, you can have a bunch of these plopped all around the place. Yeah, I had a I had a vision of having uh, one on my farm, one in Charleston, South Carolina, and one in uh, your neck of the woods in Denver, uh, Vail, or somewhere out there. Yeah. So that's really great. We've covered quite a bit here, Josh. Is there anything else that you would like to bring up about you, your business, or what you're into? What would you like to do? Um, yeah, I think just uh, we had a great event yesterday here in Kentucky at okay. uh, the University of Kentucky's campus. The Kentucky Hemp Industry Association put it on. It's, it's kind of my baby. I guess I accidentally started this event last year and threw something together, the turnout and the the knowledge of the speakers we had was so great that this year we were able to put, um, you know, get some sponsors and put together a program that I, and, and lower the price to attend um, that really, really went off well. Uh, I think the information that we put out there and the attendance and the interest in the industry in Kentucky is clear. Um, we had the agricultural commissioner there. All of the researchers from UK talked about what they were working on. We had some business presentations in the morning where companies talked about what they were looking for. Uh, my company included. It was just a, a, a big success, and it's a, it's a testament to the growth of the hemp industry here in Kentucky and the sheer interest in making this thing work, uh, not just for the people interested in it, but for the state as a whole. I mean, the economic value uh, that hemp could bring to this state is astronomical uh, when you put put it on paper, and our ag commissioner sees that, our governor sees that, our 
Senator McConnell and Rand Paul or Senator Paul and all those people on the Hill that support us, um, which is virtually everybody from the state of Kentucky on the Hill, uh, is is it's it's great to see and it's great to see the progress we're making. So uh, I, everybody that attended that, if you're listening or sponsored it, thank you so much for your help. I was it was an honor to do it and it was an even bigger honor to be able to present UK with a two thousand dollar check towards their research efforts. Um, so. If you're in Kentucky, make sure you join the Kentucky HIA. Um, if you're not, then the HIA in general or the NHA, both very great organizations to be working for. Um, and then I guess the last thing I'll say is I'm excited to see you out in uh, Colorado next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. The NOCO. Uh, exactly. Always a fun event. Yeah, and I plan on being back in Kentucky here in about two, three months. So uh, we're going to have to get together, Josh, that's for sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, like I told you when you were here, I have the uh, the actual Kentucky Hemp Museum band from back in the 90s that Woody Harrelson and Craig Lee and all those guys rode around in, and I've dreamed of doing what you guys are doing with the hemp road trip and that, but after after uh, hearing some stories of the long days, I was kind of glad I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it, it's planning better. Let me. That's the key. <laughs> uh, well, we live and we learn, right? I'm, yes, I'm indeed. To that. <laughs> well, Josh, anything else um, that you would like to say to people? No, I'm just uh, honored to be on the podcast, Coach. I think uh, you're doing a great job, and I love the spreading the hemp word is, is never a bad thing, right? So keep up the good work. It was great having you on here, and thanks for being a guest on the iHemp Revolution. All right. Thanks, Coach. Alrighty. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and give us a review. Uh, follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHemp Revolution and then like us and then tell all your friends and help us spread the word about how we're using industrial hemp and benefit people, heal the planet and provide long term profits. This is your host, Coach Freddie inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the IHAMP revolution.